Welcome to another episode of the SEM podcast. Jack Bryce and Zach Hewlett, we're back here again, and today we're joined by Ben Buckner. How are you, Ben? Hey, doing great. Uh, I love that you do this, by the way. Um, I think it's awesome. It's very cool. Thank you. Thanks. We love doing it. Yeah, it's been so much fun. So, Ben, where are you calling from? Lehigh, Utah. All right. All the way from Lehigh. Mm -hmm. Very good. Well, Ben, start us off with how you ended up in Scotland. Any story, you know, leading up to the call? Um, in high school, I um, I was into sports and I wasn't very good. So I was third string center. Uh, and one time, the first two string centers got hurt. And it was looking like maybe I would get a little bit of playing time on varsity hiking the football. And... The collective vibe amongst all of the Pleasant Grove Vikings, because that was my high school, was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, we are screwed. They're like, this is awful, which is funny because Adam Rolo was like a really, really, really awesome center. And we were companions for a little bit. And his team, you know, it didn't quite work out for him, but they had a ton of talent and they, they were flirting with state championship type stuff. So I just kind of smiled and just kind of listened <laughs> see you talk about that. Nice. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that? I said, that's awesome. I love it. Oh, yeah. oh thanks. And, um, you know, uh, it was just normal American high school stuff for me. Then I worked in an oil change joint. So it got a little bit messy. I ran track. Um, I was probably good enough at track to be on Utah Valley's four by four team, but I wasn't good enough to get a scholarship. So I had to choose between, you know, and I really want to go into medicine. So I had to make some choices early on. I got a little bit of college done. And then, um, uh, I reported to DMTC in Preston or Chorley, I guess on the 23rd of December. So it's kind of funny because you're leaving leading up to Christmas time and my group, you know, like Yusuf Bautista and, um, Oh gosh, I don't remember first names anymore. And Webb and all these guys, Stephen Webb and everybody. So we were supposed to be gone for three Christmases. So that was the plan, but then they couldn't get the visas approved to extend us the extra six days to cover over that third Christmas barely. So we all got a surprise and we got sent home. So we were only gone two Christmases. Um, <laughs> anyway, so these were the thoughts leading up. Like, um, and I, I felt, um, so I wasn't as converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ then as I am now by a lot. And so um, I felt some trepidation going. And I felt like um, I had a pretty good gig. I had some friends. We had a pretty good situation. Um, we weren't rich, but I lived in a wealthy neighborhood, so people took me on their trips with them to Lake Powell and stuff and Disneyland, so that was cool. And I was like, you know, life's okay. Like, we don't have to do this mission thing. So anyway, there was a little bit of feelings of, hey, do I, uh... anyway, is this the right thing? And if everybody is, like, so loving and happy together, why do they want me to leave so bad? <laughs> Anyway, I like so it. we battled with a little bit of that. And then, um, yeah, 
So leading up to it, I don't know that I had a great attitude, frankly. Poor Simon White, my first companion, that poor gentleman, so patient with me. But um, I'm not convinced that I was, you know, the model missionary you were to choose if you were to train somebody. I don't think that was Ben Buckner. I, I just being honest, but uh, you know that's okay. I find that hard to believe, but we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll accept your story. That's, yeah, that's very right. kind exactly. of you. Exactly. <laughs> that's very kind of you. <laughs> all right. Well, Ben, you know, tell us what you've been up to since you got home from the mission. Sure. Um, so I got home from the mission, and um, you know, I had written a girl. Um, her dad was the mayor. She was student body president at Pleasant Grove High School the year after I attended. Um, we had, we wrote a little bit and um, her mom would have loved for us to get married and my dad would have loved for us to get married. But it was a shame because I got home and we just really didn't like each other. And uh, so that happens. <laughs> what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> what are you going to do? So um, anyway, eventually uh, she was brave enough to realize and to see the writing on the wall and to talk a little bit about it. And then she felt good about kind of breaking things off and moving on. And that was a painful blessing, wasn't it? You know, and so then I met Debbie, who I married. She uh, grew up in Orem going to <coughs> Timpanogos high school and um but still we managed to just fall in love and everything's okay even though she went to just a a horrible high school and so we're all right um you know we have four kids um right now um i i do cataract and lasik surgery at hoops vision so my job is to do eye surgery uh which i love oh my gosh the path we, we had four kids in four different states my youngest was born in Kansas City, and last I checked, we were tied 16-16 in the Super Bowl. I don't know. Care to give any updates if the 49ers beat them yet? Or, I don't know. You guys might know. So Don't I? No anyways. idea. No idea. Okay, no spoiler cool. alerts. No spoiler alerts here. So somebody listening knows what's going on. Actually, I don't think anybody's listening. You guys can see that. I don't know. Um, but uh, it's, it's really fun. So, you know, we got a kid from Idaho and Missouri and Utah and Texas and um, so seeing a little bit of the country, um, what, what ages are your children and sure. boys, girls, what do, you, what do you got? I go girl, girl, boy, gorilla, 14. I have Whitney, 12 is Lily, nine is Owen. He is enthralled with the Super Bowl right now. Big Chiefs fan. And, uh, then I got a six year old girl, Kennedy. Yeah. Bunch of yahoos running around. Hmm. It's fantastic. We're gonna we're gonna hear a scream and a yell if uh, Kansas City pulls it out or something here. We probably we probably will. We'll probably <laughs> run through here. I'm sure we will. So if it's just calm, we know San Francisco won. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll keep an eye on it. Cool. And so you've been you've been living all over the place. How long have you been in Lehigh? I've been in this house for four years. The first year in Utah. Uh, was a fellowship at Hoops Vision, like a final year of specialized training to do fancy stuff. And then, um, so we lived in this rental house right by the lake. And that was cool because when you get really close to Utah Lake, there's like mayflies everywhere. And so nobody keeps their streetlights on because all the bugs will like congregate by that light. And then you'll have to like sweep up this quarter inch of dead bug 
just, you know, every morning. <laughs> so it's funny. So if, if there are any robbers, you know, listening right now, people who really want to commit crime, just go really close to Utah <laughs> Lake at night and there's like no streetlights. Oh so, my gosh. <laughs> so that's the neighborhood that you hit up. Um, shockingly, nobody got robbed there, but we actually have had some robbery in this neighborhood here in a different neighborhood than Lehigh. So let's do that. Man. Yeah, there's the Ned tip of the night for everyone. <laughs> the Ned tip. You're welcome. <laughs> so there's this there's this girl named uh Nikki, Nicole Howison, that was 13 when I was a 19-year-old missionary in my Greeny area. And Jacob Campbell and I taught her, and she chose to be baptized. She comes, she came from like you know, her mom was a member. They'd just been in less active for a zillion years, right? So kind of a pretty golden setup there. During COVID, uh, you know, her mom had died some years previous, and her dad is a no-show, total non-existent father. You know how women love the abandonment. So anyway, I would say anything else out of just respect for everybody who's gone through hard times like that, because life's hard for everybody, right? Like, that sucks and it's amazing and everything in between, you know, different times. And so anyway, we started chatting with Nikki um, during COVID because she gets along hit and miss with her sister sometimes appropriately as sisters are, but that's the only blood relative that she really is close to. And then there's nobody else. So anyway, we had each other during COVID. We had moved into this house a three, a no, three months before COVID hit. So Gosh, it's not that we were neglected in the neighborhood. It's just we didn't know anybody, and then there were no opportunities to meet anybody. So we were alone. She was alone. And um, anyway, so she hadn't been to church in years, and she actually, um, just in the last, less than a year ago, she went back, and a couple weeks ago, she got her first calling since coming back, which is fun. And cool. then we have plans to, if you guys can, I, I don't have Jacob Campbell's information. If you guys got Jacob Campbell anywhere, send it to me after, if you don't mind. I truly appreciate it. So she's going to fly out here in October and go to conference. And then we're going to go to the temple together and do oh, some wow. baptisms, which will be wicked. And um, it's just really fun, um, the things that keep coming. But it's, it's fun to see the, the mission work. Um, it's just really fun to see Nikki go back to church. And, catch fire and become become new yeah that is cool i love it Thank you. so you said december of what year that you went to the mtc 23 okay it was in that group before me that's right okay to rock stars the, really close the, the yeah. famous the famous december of 03 group okay <laughs> love it that was really really fun that was a great group Gosh, I can't even remember everybody, but Willis and Clausen and I mean, how many of us were there? There were a zillion of us. I don't know that there were a zillion, but it was just so many so many big, big personalities and, that came in. So and Connor, your heat. That's right. That's fun. That was a good call. Well, that's a good segue. Take us right now uh, back to the MTC and your experience getting to Preston. And from there, you can kind of go through the mission, companions, areas you served in, and fond memory. Mm. 
Yeah, so uh, I got to serve with Yusuf Bautista. He was my MTC companion. That's right. And, you know, every now and then, if you meet somebody with just a very pure love, and, you know, I was struggling spiritually and emotionally. I was even cranky saying goodbye to my family as I left to the MTC. A lot of the time there's like tears of joy and sadness. I was just a cranky fart before I got on the brain. And <laughs> so that was the reality of it. And then I come and so I'm half Swede. So my people, uh, I, I'm a family history nerd just a little bit. So my people come from kind of the coast of um, a province in Sweden called Varmland, just means farmland, right? So my people are from a small town called Kiel, just KIL. Anyway, so, and then I have my MTC companion and he happens to be Swedish. And it was like, oh my gosh. And then he's writing this girl who just loves him and she's a born again Christian. Did you know that later on in the mission, what happened with, with Elder Bautista and his girlfriend? Did you guys say, did you hear about that? Yeah, he told us he told us on uh, his podcast that she had come and visited him and had some pretty in-depth conversations at that point, which the way that he handled that in the mission was just, that would have boggled my brain a little bit. I'm going to have to go back and find that one and listen to it because, oh my goodness gracious, guys, like your girlfriend shows up and you're in like this other country. <laughs> I don't know, right? Like... Kudos to him. And so his dedication to the Lord was um, really nice, and I felt that. Um, another fun story in the mission for me was I was out in Dundee with Stephen Webb. And, um, you know, we're all on our journey. We all come from different places. Please let's not think that there's value in comparison of one human being to another. But something I noticed about Elder Webb, a gift that he had, was that he just loved Jesus and he didn't care about anything else nearly as much. So he got the whole vertical affirmation thing down with Heavenly Father, while other people, myself included, perhaps, let's not point fingers even at me. We all do our best. I get it. We're kind of on the horizontal halfway still where I wanted affirmation from other humans a bunch. Anyway, so this guy's just dedicated to the Lord. And so we go out and a bird craps on him. And he's like, oh, okay, a bird pooped on me, fine. And uh, has he told you this story already? Did you guys talk to him? Did he tell you this one? So fine, he goes, he gets cleaned up or whatever, no, no sweat. We go and he starts just talking to everybody he can. And he talks to this one guy who looked just a little bit rough. And, you know, he's just, you know, the 20-year-old happy missionaries that we all could be. And he's like, Hey, you know, can I talk to you about Jesus Christ? And and Stephen loves Jesus, right? Like just deeply, just a deep love for our Savior. And the guy just starts dropping the f bomb on him and is just cussing him out. And it, maybe I remember it wrong, but I swear within two minutes another bird crapped on him, and we had to go back to the flat, and he had to change again. And I was just <laughs> like, oh my gosh, like this is unreal. And so maybe the details are a little bit mixed up, but in my memory, that's as good as I can do. So we go back and then like a week later, he's called to be an assistant to the president. And I just kind of smile because he took all that 
really well, like just direct opposition. You know, it's just funny. These missionary stories, you know, you're like, <laughs> oh, good for you, man. <laughs> I'm laughing specifically because in my conversation with Kevin Vertahem, he told us how the seagulls tended to target missionaries, especially <laughs> him. So um, I'm not surprised that Stephen got crapped on by birds in Dundee. <laughs> that was a pretty common thing from what I understand. So Ben, Simon, Simon White was your trainer? Yes, sir. Where did you guys serve? That was in um, Knightswood in Glasgow Ward. Nice. Yeah. So we were the same ward as the zone leaders at the time for, um, you know, the Glasgow zone. And, uh, yeah, that was fun. Uh, he was no stranger to work, and that was really important. And he was also no stranger to GQing. And he wasn't afraid to kind of put us out there. Um, I think when he trained me, uh, Kevin Anderson was an assistant and Kevin Anderson trained Simon White. I think, I don't know if he was assistant at the time or something like that, but whatever it was. And then, um, because of something, I think we led the mission one or two weeks in just lessons, right? Which was fun. Um, they might've been the worst lessons you could ever imagine um, because some of them would have been on the street. Right. So those bus lessons that made us all cringe. And I, I swear, what was it like one time out of like 10% of the time I would ever open my mouth on the bus because it was just so awkward. Right. It was just awful. But um, anyway, so that was fun. That was pretty cool. And then um, we actually baptized this guy named Michael Connolly, who was like a legit Scott, which was kind of fun. Hmm. And um, then uh, his wife, so Michael, I don't think, has been to church in like a gazillion years. And every now and then I message him and he doesn't respond. But a couple of weeks ago, his wife just sent me a note on Facebook and we haven't contacted in over a decade. And she's like, hey, remember when you and Simon would come hang out at the house? And so that was cool. That it's is nice cool. to hear from her. Yeah. Anyway, so she remembered, even though she was never willing to read the Book of Mormon and pray, she was Irish Catholic, and she just knew that her husband got a testimony of it at some point, and that I knew it was true, and and so she never, she was too scared to do it. Hmm. I think she was worried she'd get an answer. So, yeah, that was fun. Now, how long were you together with Simon in Knightswood? Two transfers. Okay. Three months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then where'd you go from there? Then Jake Campbell came and joined me for three more months in Ninesville. Okay. And then that's when we baptized uh, Nicole Howison. She now goes by Nikki. And that was fun. In the high-rise flats, right? The sound would echo so easily, right? Because it was just all just concrete in those babies. So sometimes <laughs> I'd break out a harmonica on the way to knock on their door and just be like, lay down like a wicked come come saints. So she would know that we were coming, and it was just kind of fun. It's really fun. We like that, the fun memories. That is cool. Does it, anybody else think it's really weird that the most popular dinner dish for families in Scotland was the curry, right? It was like an Indian dish. That was weird to me. That like the most common British meal was like from Britain. It was like Scottish and English food overall is so terrible, 
that they're going to have a borrowed thing as like their most common family meal. I thought that was so funny. Anyway. I think the thing that I've thought of with regards to that is it had to have been inexpensive because it's rice and it's like a flavor packet, right? They're just kind of mixing right. in, and and uh, if they had meat, it was usually some sort of light light chicken or maybe some mints or whatever, but nothing else too crazy. So that makes sense to me. So this is my daughter Lily, who wanted to just come in and say hi. Hi. Hi, Lily. Hi, Lily. You hear Lily? Hi. So she's uh, my twelve-year-old. She's born in uh, Irving, Texas. Um, and uh, what do you like to do, Lily? Uh, I like to play basketball. Mm-hmm. She's also, about to start a com- competitive cheer team here soon. And yeah. She takes boys and stuff. You're talking to two really big basketball players, Jack and I. <laughs> I love the jazz. <laughs> the jazz. Well, you have good reason to love the jazz. You live in Utah. <laughs> We do. We went on Tuesday at Markham and had a nice game, and they beat the Thunder. So you heard me yell. I did. I did. I was really awesome. very cool. What are your thoughts about my mission, Lily? Anything? Anything about my mission? Um, I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> did your dad talk about his mission? Does he talk about it? Oh, he does. Don't get me wrong about that. Um, he just said, "I remember." What's up, dude? Um, he one time I remember he was like, you know how this is like a sport or something he's on? Yeah. I remember that he told me he did that to someone and then I looked at him like, <laughs> like are you supposed to be holding this? <laughs> What's your deal, mate? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, we Americans do this in like photos all the time yeah. just to say hi or whatever. Please forgive me, um, you Europeans and Englishmen, all one and a half of you that are watching. Um, I, I don't need anything by it. Please forgive us. We don't need anything. So <laughs> That's true. That was a hard habit to break for some of us when we got over there. Okay. Well, good. Well, beyond uh, Knightswood, where did you go after that, Ben? Sure. So I went to Hamilton, and that was the... You know, I had worked to, you know, I think try to be a little bit holier by then. Um, six months of mission had humbled me a little bit, and and then six months of Hamilton just humbled me a lot more. That 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 pretty much I don't know if I could say anything about my experience in Hamilton. It was mostly that I love the members, but Hamilton kind of blows. Um, that was just a pretty brutal time. <laughs> I think we all had areas like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah having served in hamilton it was tough but i was only there six weeks so i guess i should count my blessings is that what i'm understanding ben absolutely so i you know jim cameron was the bishop he was amazing and i mean i gotta be with the most phenomenal elders there right like i was with um adam rollo there and then i was with um erickson there Mm, yeah i think it was nate it was erickson and then um, as with, uh, then we got to have a foursome in the flat, which was legit cool with Chris Mace, the skinny, tall, brown hair guy. Yeah. Not his cousin, the very built, 
strong, tall, blonde guy, right? Not to be confused. So we, that was so <laughs> We used to say music mace and football mace, right? Yeah, so we were the music chicks, and um, that was they were so fun, man. We just loved that. The downstairs neighbor hated our guts because every now and then we nobody ever did this, so we didn't do it either. But maybe a little bit of footy in the flat, and then you know maybe a rugby ball made it in there, and maybe like some wrestling throwdown. I, I, it didn't. Surely it didn't. <laughs> I know it didn't. But our poor downstairs neighbor just like I, I, I'm convinced he hated it more than because of us. That's okay. <laughs> well, what do you do? Wait, you're downstairs meeting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we lived in an apartment. We lived in a apartment. Uh -huh. That's right. And then um, Winifred Terrett was pretty kind to the missionaries. Oh, yeah. um, she she's really she's, loved. She's one of my favorite people in, in Hamilton. She's <laughs> phenomenal. She even came out to America to see somebody's wedding out here. I forget who it was. It was one of the missionaries who was before my time. Hmm. So some of us that lived in Utah got to see her. I took her to a monastery because she went to church with me. So in Utah, there's a little monastery that was still there in like Huntley, I think, close to Eden. Huh. Anyway, so I took her up there and that was fun. So I was like, nah, you, you can't do a thing with me. I'll take you to a Catholic thing because she's pretty much with the Catholicism. So it was fun. Yeah. Had a great time. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond Hamilton, was that, did you, you move, you, you had Rolo for three months and Erickson for three months? Is that what I'm understanding? No, I did a six week with Rolo. Then I did, think I did three months with Erickson, if I remember right. And then okay. I think I did six weeks with Ladrash and Bowl with Kyle. Oh, yeah. Which is funny because whenever he blessed the sacrament, it was always in a D French Canadian accent. You know, because that's what he trained in, you know. And then when he was just talking to you normally, he sounded like he was from, like, Alberta or something, right? Mm -hmm. And so the French went away most of the time. But blessing the sacrament, baby, mm, that will come out. It's fun. So for Christmas, uh, the most generous ward in all of Scotland at the time was Kirkcaldy. They fed the missionaries for two weeks, lunch and dinner leading up to Christmas. And then the ward gave everybody a bunch of Christmas gifts. So Daniel Gepker and I, and you know, I, I trained him. He's the first guy I got to train. He, uh, he's Norwegian. Yeah. And he came to the mission home and he's like, I saw you and I knew you were my trainer, which is just kind of funny. You know? And cool. it's like, man, it ain't easy to be a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints anywhere. But especially in a rich European country, right? Are you kidding me? In Norway, much kudos and respect for Daniel. I mean, that's that's for real, right? Mm -hmm. And to go on a mission out of Norway, I think six missionaries ever have come out of Norway. Maybe four. I don't know. But like, okay, good for them. So much <laughs> respect to that guy. Yeah, that was great. That's cool. Um, I don't think I knew that you had changed Biakura. That's that's something that I. I'm learning on this. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Um, I worked him. I mean, when we walked, we walked fast. If somebody walked past us, we talked to them. Um, he was pretty tired. I was really happy for him. He got, I think, Russ Bass 
yeah. followed me in there. And um, Russ Bass is lots of things, but he's not Hitler. And um, look, I'm not Hitler. But when I trained <laughs> Daniel Bianker, I think I think we had just a little dose of that. You know, <laughs> I think he loved that part of it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. pretty funny. It's fun, fun guy. So, how long were you with Biaker then? Uh, I think for a couple of transfers, and then after that, I went up with I think with Willis and Dundee. Okay. And then I had three companions in Dundee, and that that was just fun, right? To be in Dundee, that was fun. Um, we had Willis, and then. The Sprague net, Caleb Sprague. <laughs> and in between those two, it was Stephen Webb. Okay. Which was great. So I have, a very, I, I have a very oh, distinct memory of you when you were, because were you a zone leader in Dundee? I was in Dundee, yeah. Okay. So I remember very specifically um, after the tattoo in 2005. You guys crashed at our flat in Dunfermline after that night. Oh, thank you. Do you remember that? I think I do. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. We even did exchanges one time in Dunfermline, and I didn't get to go with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. think. It, it had to have been with Sprague, if anybody, because I served with Willis later, and I didn't know who he was when I served with him, and I never served with Webb. So... It had to have been with Sprague, if if, if, if any, anybody. And, and honestly, I'm thinking about it. I do remember that because Sprague had served in Dunfermline before. And so we kind of went around and saw all of his people that uh, he wanted to see. And I think you went, I want to say I was with Littlefield at that point in time, that uh, that you guys may have gone up to Dundee and then we swapped it like uh, zone a zone uh, activity or something like that. I love that we did exchanges and things. It was really nice to just have a little bit of change of pace. doesn't yeah. matter how cool your companion is. It's nice to just get to know and to broaden the social network as a missionary just a bit. That was nice. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Yeah. So after Willis, Webb, and Sprague, where'd mm -hmm. you go after Dundee? Yeah, so we hosted this part. I, I uh, anyway, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it, but one zone conference, uh, William Cornelius Greens stood up and said, "Sleepovers are verboten." Do you remember that? Of course. How can we forget that? That was that was an epic zone conference that we all got chastised. <laughs> so after that. <laughs> Um, my family sent me some stuff for New Year's. And I mean, we had sparklers. Seriously. It was like amazing, right? So we had in our flat a big sleepover and had a bunch of missionaries over, which I did not request permission for. So, and it was so fun. And we played risk and we had an amazing time. And then we had sparklers. And then I was never a zone leader ever again. <laughs> and i uh i went up to the orkney islands which was so cool 
yeah, I went up with Christofferson in the Orkneys, and oh my goodness, it was just gorgeous. And um, we had some cool experiences. Like it was, um, and then Stanley followed Christofferson, and I think it was with Stanley. But like, we were just thinking about it. We're like, hmm, I wonder if the spirit would just lead us somewhere to just get in a house. Because Orkney is a little bit closed off too. It's a little bit of a difficult place to really teach much or baptize much. But it's also really fun and it's gorgeous. It's so rural and farming. And so we did. And then we just kind of followed the spirit for a little bit. And we legit knocked on the store. The guy invited us right in and started saying it was the other guys. It was the previous missionaries I met with who left record for you guys to knock on my door, wasn't it? And we're like, no, no, that's that's not what it was. I don't know if he ever believed us. Um, another story I got to relate because we're studying the Book of Mormon this year. And I legit love the Book of Mormon. I mean, who doesn't? But anyway, so this is one guy, William Ballantyne in Knightswood. I don't even know who my companion was. Maybe it wasn't even in Knightswood. But this guy, William Ballantyne, we go teach him. And the guy, I think it was with Simon, with, with Elder White. And the guy was like, so I read your book. And he'd had it for like a week or two or something. I'm like, wait, you read the Book of Mormon? He's like, yeah, I read that thing about Nephi and the plates and all this stuff. And we tried to tell him it was Nephi and he would never listen to us. He's like, no, it's Nephi. It's N-E-P-H-I. That's Nephi. Like, okay, cool. Yep, Nephi it is. And he's like, and I lost all taste for black coffee. Why did I, what, what's going on here? And then we explained a little wisdom and everything else. And it's just funny, you know, wherever that was, it's just like, oh my gosh. And then he just still wouldn't have it, you know, all these experiences. And he still just at that point, wasn't quite ready to grasp on, you know, what do they say? This It's people who join the church at seven times. Seven exposures on average, something like that. So yeah. we got to be the first for him. Hmm. Wow. Kind of fun. So Orkney with Christofferson. Mm-hmm. How long were you there? I think I was there for three months. Okay. Uh, and then Stanley came, Leor. Stanley came. And Leor is an interesting, he's a cool cat with an interesting backstory, right? So he has lived in Canada, Mexico, and Israel. So he has some fluency in Hebrew, Spanish, and English, which is kind of fun. It's just you don't meet every day somebody who has <laughs> been wondering, huh, I wonder if my bus is going to get blown up by a terrorist. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. So then, did you train Stanley then? Is that what I'm understanding? No, I didn't know. He came in with Christofferson after you. Is that what I'm understanding then? Yep. So he replaced Christofferson, yes. Okay. So you didn't train him, but you served with him. That's, I was trying to understand. Sorry about that. Okay. I I think I misspoke. Sorry about that. Yep. No, we went up there and then he came up there uh, with me. Then after that, I went to Leith in Edinburgh. And that was really weird because I had to be around like the mission president and stuff and be in the same ward as that. And that was kind of uncomfortable because in Orkney, you're like way out there. And then we're like, bam, right by the mission home. Hey, guys. Hey, look at me. You can see everything I'm doing like right here. So that was weird. And then. Um, Before you get out, get out of Orkney, did you do service yeah. on the pig farm? Oh, my gosh. Yes, for sure. I ask everybody that question because I, I served there for four weeks with Willis 
on his last six weeks, which was an adventure in itself. Let's just say that George Willis come on the podcast. And, uh, it was, it was an experience that I, I was, you know, I'm shoveling grain in a silo. I'm scooping poop out of pig pens. And I thought to myself, never in my wildest dreams did I ever imagine myself on the Orkney islands cleaning after pigs and, you know, loading, loading trucks with pigs and all sorts of stuff that was just like spinning through my mind. So I always ask the question, what was your experience like at the pig farm? Oh man, he gave us eggs. He gave us eggs after. You he know? did have good eggs. That's true. Oh, just the smell was just so rich and permeating. And it, it was a little bit like omnipotent, that smell. I'm telling you, it, it just became a part of you. And it was so powerful that eventually you get used to it after a couple of hours, you know. Wow. It was just so gross. <laughs> oh, so gross. You smell your Yeah. Anyway. So. Now, I have another clarifying question because you were there before me. I heard a story that there was a, an, a period of time where John O'Groats had, uh, had a, a, a runt piglet that the missionaries didn't want to die, so they took it home. Are you aware of that at all? No way. That's crazy. How fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway. I didn't know if that was you, but I know it's somewhere in that window between when Willis was there and myself and when you were there. So I'm narrowing, narrowing down the, uh, the people to ask that question to. That's pretty funny. Well, <laughs> you're going to find it at some point. It's going to come up. I know. I but I did go fishing off of like, what do they call it? Like the causeway or something like the road that connects the islands, so that people don't come with submarines with U-boats and sink a bunch of the British fleet again. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so those roads, I did catch a fish that was that big. I, I, don't, I can't hold it up, right? You hold a fish so you hold it. It was this big, guys. Anyway, so um, that was fun. That was cool. Caught a fish on the mission. That was cool. Yeah. And then Dundee at Loch Watt as well, the Watts, the mission leader there. He owned like a fishery. That was cool. That's right. Fish there. Important things. <laughs> Well, thank you for humoring me in the, my questions about Orkney Ben. Oh, of course, of course. Who was your companion, your first companion in Leith? I should have brought my journal. It'll come to you. Just give us one It'll of your companions me. from Leith. I was there for one transfer, and football Chris Mace trained him. And he's a handsome guy with brown hair. Oh my gosh. It's going to come to me. I forget. Okay. <laughs> and then after that. Um, Ooh, I know who it is. Uh, Was it Brian Barber? No. Okay. No. Dang it. Right. Also a handsome gentleman. But uh, yeah, that was, that was an interesting time. Yeah. And Leith. I'm a, I'm not a city kid. None. For a little while, we had horses in the backyard growing up when I was in Pleasant Grove, and then I grew up the rest of the way in Linden. And um, I lived in Indiana as a kid for a while, too. And we almost always were right on the edge of civilization. So I'm used to having breathing room. And living in like Leaf was just like dirty and urban and kind of, you know, 
feel for people who have to live in gross circumstances, you know, and that's all they got. Interesting. Um, but Doc Keith was next, and that was with Garrett Smith, and we whitewash entered there, and I trained him there. And um, yeah, that was that was great. You know, it's um, you, it's hard, right? The first part of the mission, at least for me, was hard. Was, to that point, that was the hardest in my life. And I think the first little while of my mission was still the most challenging and difficult part of my life. And I mean, I've gone to medical school now and done residency. Um, I do eye surgery, and sometimes those cases are tough, and um, usually not. But I don't know. The, there's been some water under the bridge for everybody, right? So. I still think it was. So just, I have a lot of respect for the elders that I, I trained to and uh, they did so well. You know what I mean? During like the hardest time probably of their life to that point. And like they stayed, they stayed with it. They, they didn't run home. They, they bore the pain. Right. You know, mm. do you guys, can you still feel that? Can you still remember that just being fresh in a new country and, I don't know. Maybe you were all you. You guys were better than me. Maybe you guys didn't feel that. You guys didn't feel that at all, did you? I'm I'm glad Zach didn't hurt me. You know, <laughs> he's bigger than me. And Whatever. Just said no. Not doing this. Oh man, <laughs> you're so funny. I I think my biggest struggle was just getting used to the culture, and. I distinctly remember being in the MTC and starting to adapt an accent because everyone around me was speaking in some, some form of an English accent. Like my companion was from Nottingham and all the teachers were from Manchester, Chorley. And so all of a sudden I started talking differently and it was a little bit weird for me initially, but I was like, I guess I kind of have to figure out how these people speak so that I don't just talk like an American the whole time in, in the mission. So it was different you, though. Very, very, very different. Yeah. Man. And thankfully Jack put up with me and my antics too. I mean, he allowed us to go run around and play some basketball periodically just so that it wasn't nonstop missionary work. And fantastic. Yeah, we we did fun things amongst the the other stuff. I mean, it, we made it fun to be a missionary because in between teaches, we're like, hey, we're when in Rome, we're gonna go and uh, see this castle, or we're gonna go and check out this ruin and see what it's like and take pictures. And we've heard funny stories as a result of some of those antics too since then, which has been fun. Oh, that's great! I love that. I would have loved to, if I could do it again, I would do more of that, right? Just mm -hmm. kind of be in the moment where you are. Just kind of be one with the people. Yeah. I Bay and me kind of came out from time to time. And, you know, <laughs> we do the best we can do with who we are. So. And God can do great things within perfect vessels. Thank everything. Thank, Holy. Thank, thank the Lord for that. <laughs> Man. But I... Um, my my friend is the state president um, where we are and um, it's fun because we're getting a little bit older the kids are really happy I think the Chiefs just won but the Chiefs just win oh they made a touchdown is it an overtime or something 
Okay. 22 to 25 Chiefs uh, in overtime or something like that. The kids are just thrilled. This is incredible news. I'm so happy for all of you to get to hear that. Uh, so this is great. But he was talking about like the importance of missionary work. And the focus of State Conference today was the Book of Mormon and missionary work. And I don't want to bore everybody to tears, but like my heart, right? Because like I felt like uh, a scripture that described my mission was Isaiah. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of my Lord. And like sometimes, you know, the mission, you know, it's a little bit like a Benedict, right? Where you're just like, a, like you, you think to yourself, you're just this phenomenal failure. And you're like, no, wait, like it's about conversion of self and about Jesus and serving. And if Zion isn't gathered, if I did my best, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, sorry. So I think that was kind of the bottom of my mission, even though I did baptize some people and some other people that I taught did decide to follow the Lord. What is it? You talk to 3,000 people for one person. I, I don't know what the ratio was, but it's something crazy like that. But we did it, you know? We did it. And so we get to, you know, meet our maker one day and be like, man, I know it wasn't perfect. I'm so sorry about all this other stuff having to do with it and about everything else. But, like, I did one thing for you, you know? And Jesus is all right by me. Kind of, kind of like it. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I mean, <clears throat> through this podcast and just hearing each individual story of how Scotland was for each person has been so enlightening because Jack and I have talked about this quite a few times on the podcast. You feel like you're an island uh, with your companion sometimes for long stretches of time before between district meetings or zone conferences or interviews, or if you're on an island, you don't see anybody for weeks on weeks on end. And uh, except for those members of the church, and you have no idea what anyone else is going through as a missionary, because it's, it's just you and yourself and your head and your companion, and you hope you love them, whether you do or not. And you just got to get through those things and try to enhance other people's lives in the meantime. Right. So I can appreciate that thought process of it was hard. It was not an easy thing for us to run around the bonnie land of Scotland and preach the gospel to people whose religion was their football team or anything else besides organized religion. And um, but, you know, we've we've done the best that we could and we've touched some lives and hopefully our our own lives. And then we move forward. Right. Yeah, man, absolutely. And it prepared me so well. Um, there were many miracles. Having a really difficult mission was one of them. But there were so many miracles for me to help me to be able to do what I do now, um, which is, I suppose, if you've looked at President Nelson's book, he talks about titles and we have different titles and different jobs. And the most important title we carry is to be a son of heavenly father, according to president Nelson. And it, it helps me be a better son of God, right? For sure. And then the second is a committed disciple of Jesus Christ. And you know, you gotta, you gotta endure the heat, right? Like, Let's see, I was hit by a beer bottle once. Scots can't throw their rubbish at throwing. They can't throw anything that didn't hurt. It bounced off and hit the ground. And I was like, I think I just got hit by a beer bottle. 
and then I got hit by a rock one time. Again, skulls can't throw. It was not painful. So you know what I mean? But just the fact that you you bear some of the like, oh, they're throwing rocks at us now. Those kind of moments, right? Or you get a group of Neds and there are 10 of them and they're all drunk. And you're like, oh, dear. And it's late and it's dark and you're walking back to your flat. And you're like, so am I going to get beat up tonight? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, Elder Stout took one for the team. Um, you know, he got brass knuckles to the face and then due to complications related to that, I think that truncated his mission a little bit. Uh, anyway, so, and then we'll remember Elder Clorota from the South of France. Um, you got somebody on a bus with a nice little legendary headbutt. I mean, like it's every now and then there's a clash with people who, because Jesus is right there, and they're not down with him. They're not feeling it. You know, you get those little things. So uh, that's wanna, part of it, right? I so, want to correct your memory real quick, Ben. I spoke please. with the missionary who did the headbutting, and it wasn't Harold Garota. It was Terrence Stiglitz. Stiglitz? No. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I have spread false doctrine. It's all right. It's okay. years now, deep apologize uh, to Elder Stiglitz, who needs to be honored for this act of virtue. <laughs> no, I, it was so funny because I spoke with him as we're talking just this a uh, couple days ago, and he told that story. That He's like, that was my best story of the mission. And I was like, well, I've heard it a hundred times from different people's perspectives, and not everybody remembered that it was him, but it's always good to... To hear it from his mouth. So thank you, man. <laughs> thank classic. you for saying the record straight. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so Ben, we always ask, you know, any particular memories you had with President and Sister Vrains? They were your mission presidents the whole time. Oh gosh, just my heart. You know, I I was broken. Um, You know, my imperfections, my sins, my, you know, we all learn we're more, a little bit more of the layman manual than we want to be, don't we? We're not only by our way. So, um, you know, his patience and kindness, as I was a broken teenager, uh, was so holy. I was just shocked. When he was not an apostle immediately upon returning home from being a mission president, just his Christ-like love and patience with me was more than I had more than I had um, expected. So it was uh, a little tender. Uh, I'm no priesthood leader. I don't, you know. I I love the Lord like crazy. I want to give my life to Him. I strive to do all I can to remind myself. I forget sometimes we all get distracted. I, I, I want to give everything to the Lord. I, um, you know, and then there's times I don't, but I want to be like that. That was the closest personification of how I think an interaction with Jesus Christ would have been was President Greens and his capacity in interviews and speaking in other ways. Um, I've never seen anything surpass it yet. He was he was who I who this this cat needed him, you know. This dude needed that guy. Mm -hmm. Sister Brings was just really sweet and soft. 
And I just remember leaving. She just gave me the sweetest hug. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what a hug from like a woman feels like. I've had a hug from a woman for like a long time. And it was so, it was so sweet. <laughs> so kind. And the, the pig nose was nice. And, you know, and her trying to help Elder Deaton through his caffeine addiction, his uh, chocolate addiction was pretty fun too. That was pretty funny. And Elder Deaton, he really loved his chocolate. And uh, it was just kind of fun. <laughs> Gosh. Oh boy. That's great. Did you did you finish up in Dalkeith then? Yeah. Yeah, I had four or five weeks in Dalkeith, and then we didn't get a full six weeks because we couldn't get the visas. Then they shipped us out of there, me and my group. Home on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I did. On Christmas morning, I woke up and I was just still just stunned. Um, <laughs> that would be crazy. That that would be yes. Oh yeah. my god! I stayed in my room. I was like anxious about going downstairs, and I had just preached the word for a couple of years. And then it's Christmas Day. I didn't even want to go downstairs and open up presents. It was just too weird, and it seemed kind of not important to me. You know, it's just like I don't know. What I want a bunch of presents for. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it was great. Yeah, that would be challenging for sure. Man. Who else do you want to shout out? Who do we need to get on the podcast? Uh, other than, you know, you mentioned some companions, missionaries. Who else that you served around maybe? We need to hunt down here. Hmm. Sister Kenny was pretty legit awesome. Um, we didn't serve near each other very often, but like she was just really sweet. And as you remember, when you come home as an American, you hear like American women speak and it's just ugly. <laughs> because, you know, um, the different accents are just like beautiful and they're so fun and they're, they're sweet and they're kind and they're anyway, and they're a little bit more proper and artful. And, um, I really, um, appreciated that sister Kenny also wasn't afraid to talk about something other than just missionary work, which was fun. And then let's see. Oh, who else? Who was, oh, there's a pretty legit dude who I appreciated. He was a pretty solid example. Who was the assistant with Adam Rolo um, at the same time as Adam? Who was assistant with him? I'm forgetting now. But he was a really good guy. And they served together a couple of times. And then, Jared, Brad, Jared Bradley, maybe? Yes, it was. Elder Bradley. He was a pretty damn good example. And then... I forget that my dad was a bishop at BYU for a while after I got home. And then he was like Brian Keel's bishop. He was a good football player, but he was also bishop of like another assistant. I forget his name. Anyway, I forget. It's sorry. It's it's fading. It's been a couple of decades now, right? So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's but, one reason um, we're doing this. We gotta capture the verbal history before it's gone. It's true. You guys are so awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I, this is family history, right? I mean, my 
third great grand, grandkids, one of them's going to discover this and be like, man, he was kind of a goober, but okay, all right, he did a mission, right? This is sweet, man, right on. And so, <laughs> kind of cool. Thanks, Ray. <laughs> oh, man, you haven't changed a bit. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Well, Sister Kenny's been on the podcast before. Actually, that's great. Yeah, she came on and actually shared a, an episode with Marin Roberts, if you remember Sister Roberts. Yeah, um, they're great. So the, definitely catch that one. That was a fun conversation we had with them. Yeah. Um, beyond that, I mean, I guess the question that I have is, is there any of your companions that you're still connected with that uh, you could help us get them on the podcast? Because we... We really appreciate referrals as much as anything. Yeah, we need member yeah, referrals. Well, thank you. I love it. Um, I am a little embarrassed to admit that I am not. Um, and uh, But I'm trying to be. So because Nikki Housen's coming out, I got to track down Jacob Campbell. Yeah, we'll, we'll so, help you. We'll see if we can help you with that. I've been trying to get in touch with him too. So if I can get him, then I'll send him your way. And... Um, yeah. Then the only other person. Oh, is there anybody I think you really should talk to? No, no, I leave it to you guys. They were all great. So I don't have any concerns. You've already talked to Yusuf and um, I'll make it out to Sweden one day, buddy. I'll come see you, Yusuf. It's, it'll happen. COVID canceled the trip. I was going to go out to Sweden and see them canceled it. So oh, man, never rescheduled. No, I guess that's all. Ah. Just my heart, the gospel's real, like it's not a joke. The Book of Mormon's true, Joseph is a prophet, like it's not a... Uh, man, I wish my siblings who don't come to church and anybody else who's had a chance to fall away. Remember, I'm just a snot-faced kid who grew up into some goober, needed Jesus like crazy. Oh, my heavens, there's nothing you can't clean up. There's oh. Anyway, I, I'll stop preaching. I'll leave that to you guys and present brings or something or whatever. But, oh, yeah, we, we appreciate I just, it. I want everybody to have that. Everyone. Yeah, one of the one of the main reasons we do this too is to reach out to our fellow missionaries in whatever phase or stage or experience or they've had in life since the mission, we want them to know like we're we're still your brothers in Scotland. We love you. And and Ben, that goes for you too, man. We love you. Thanks for grateful for that association that we had it's always a treat when we get to talk to somebody who we personally associated with on the mission like this yep. where we overlap several areas and uh <laughs> it's a lot of fun so really appreciate you taking the time uh and and talking this through just some some experiences that you had there thanks gentlemen love you both thanks for carrying the banner doing the good work yeah absolutely i'll second jack just, just know how much we love you, Ben. We're grateful that uh, you are our brother in Scotland, and uh, this has been a pleasure. I know it's been uh, kicked down the road a little bit. Uh, Garrett Smith told us when I initially had you scheduled, he was like, oh, so excited to hear from you. And he, he reached out to me and said, what happened to Ben? I said, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. So, so, I, so, so I know so that Garrett... I know Garrett's going to be listening. He'll love to hear from you. Oh, thank you. I, I know-showed. Jack and Zach um, before. So I got up at 8 a.m. ready to go because I'm so smart. And um, 
anyway, and then I wasn't available at 8 p.m. And they're like, uh, so what's anyway? So and then things got really busy. And so I booked it like six months later. And so here I am, six months later. Finally, thank you. Better late than never. We Absolutely. appreciate it. Yeah. We should have caught you at 8 a.m. That's what we should have done. <laughs> yeah. Had we had we even had the wherewithal to think that, I mean, I'm pretty sure I was still on my pillow at that point in time on a Sunday morning for sure. <laughs> All right, Ben. We love you, brother. Thank you again for coming on and sharing your your story with us. We'll certainly be in touch more soon, okay? Godspeed. Peace be the journey. All right, brother. Cheerio. Love you.